there has been a lot of news uh, happening. Um, even though the headlines have been dominated by the Queen's death, there's been a lot of news that's been happening all, all while that's been going on for the last 10 days uh, that is not getting the attention it deserves. Uh, a lot of it is in Pakistan. Uh, there has been devastating floods in that country. Millions of people are uh, without home, are stranded, have not been able to be uh, rescued. They don't have food, running water. Uh, they're in very dire situations and there is very little resources in that country. My family's Pakistani. I've been there many times. I can tell you even from a child's perspective when I used to visit more often uh, that the country is very poor and uh, does not have the resources as we would if there was a flood or a fire or um, any devastating human, um, rather natural disaster uh, to, to help those individuals out. And then there's a story happening in tandem with that. Uh, that's Afghan refugees who fled to Pakistan after the Taliban took over last year, uh, who were given the promise that they would be brought to Canada to safety because at the time before the Taliban took over, they had helped our Canadian troops um, as translators, as security people, as drivers, in all these really important functions uh, that helped uh, Canadian troops get around uh, to understand the, you know, understand the neighborhoods and to be able to speak to the local people. Those people became targets of the Taliban and the Canadian government promised to bring them uh, to safety. And now they are, there's 1.3 million Afghan refugees in Pakistan right now. And many of them are waiting for safe passage to Canada that is not coming. And now they've got this uh, natural disaster happening, which is also affecting all the efforts there of getting them out of the country. I'm joined now by our next guest, Stefan Apkop. He's the Humanitarian and Nexus Program Manager at Canadian Food Grains Bank. Uh, Stefan, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me today. So can you? We, I wanted to start with um, the situation with Afghan refugees in Pakistan. Can you tell me um, what the situation is, uh, how many of them are, are being told that they are going to be brought to Canada but are stuck now in Pakistan as refugees? Uh, you know, I, I'm not particularly uh, uh, sure about the number of uh, Afghan refugees that will be coming to Canada. I certainly know that in, in Pakistan, uh, people who are you know, among the most vulnerable already are those who are most affected by the flooding. And so people, uh, refugees to the country, obviously coming with not very many possessions, not very many uh, assets with them, uh, and now, now facing an additional shock. Uh, certainly a big challenge for, for those people who are, who, who are forced to flee already and are now, and now living through a natural disaster. Yeah, of course. I mean, and if you're in a community that has been flooded, it may be cut off from, uh, the roads may be cut off, there may be cut off from any resources getting to you. So you're now not only uh, in a new country. And it, one thing that people don't quite sometimes understand is that Afghanistan and Pakistan are two very different countries. They speak different languages, even though they share the same religion, they have very different cultural um, ways of doing things. And so Afghans often feel quite out of place when they're in Pakistan. They don't really feel at home because language alone, sometimes they're not understood everywhere that they are. You know, I was reading a story about Rawalpindi and in Rawalpindi, they don't speak uh, the local Afghan language. They speak Urdu or Punjabi. And um, that's not a language that would be local to them. And so it's just another layer of frustration for the those individuals who are told, yes, go to this country and then we will bring you uh, to safety. What needs to be done now to, to contact those individuals to, to get them to get them to, to, to Canada? What should we what should the government be doing? Uh, you, you know, I think that that is the question that, that is beyond my my area of expertise here. I think uh, I mean, there's 
people working on, on the situation with the, with the Afghan refugees in Pakistan. But certainly, you know, if we look across Pakistan, the, the impact of these floods has been enormous. And you're seeing 33 million people impacted uh, across the country. And obviously, you know, those who are who are uh, have, have the fewest resources to begin with are, are among those who are most impacted. We've seen over 1,500 people killed. Uh, 1.8 million homes are, are destroyed or damaged. Uh, and then, you know, with huge impacts on, on people's ability to access food, to access clean water, to access health care, education, and so on. So certainly seeing a, a huge impact uh, from the flooding across Pakistan. Yeah, Stefan, I know you're not an expert on that, and I really do appreciate you uh, being so generous and answering those questions. Um, tell me right now, there hasn't been, this is the headline today, right, that there hasn't been any deaths in the last three days. Uh, so this is the kind of uh, the win that, the, 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 that we're talking about. But what is the current situation for so many communities in Pakistan? Uh, uh, and are we even able to, to, to reach many of them? You know, certainly access to many of these communities is difficult. Uh, you know, while the floodwaters are beginning to recede in some parts of the country, they are continuing to rise, particularly in southeast Pakistan. Uh, but the damage to infrastructure is huge. Uh, 12,700 kilometers of roads have been impacted. 390 bridges have been affected. According to the United Nations, 67 percent, two-thirds of the country's roads have some type of damage. Uh, so talking with our, our local partner, uh, organization that we're working with in, in the Sindh area in southeastern Pakistan, you, they were they have now visited the areas where they are supporting, uh, planning to support here in the, in the very near future. Uh, and the logistical challenges of getting there uh, were huge. Uh, you know, let alone trying to get in, uh, you know, large supplies of, of humanitarian assistance to to these areas. Um, you know, people are living right now on, on the roadside. People are trying to find any place that they can live that is, you know, above the water level. Uh, and, but, you know, many of those, those basic services have been, have been destroyed and damaged. And, and much of the, the infrastructure that would be needed to get into places is also uh, uh, really devastated by this flooding. Now, the unofficial numbers, or the official numbers, rather, are uh, 1,545 people have already died uh, because of the flooding. I would assume that number is much higher uh, once, the, I mean, once they get more information of all the areas that have been affected. And 33 million people in Pakistan, that's the, almost the population of Canada, uh, is affected by these floods. What can Canadians who are listening to this conversation do to help in a real way? Because, um, you know... Um, I, my family, like I said in the beginning, is Pakistani. And one of the issues that we talked about on the weekend was my father, and this is his opinion, was wanting to send money, but was worried about corruption on the ground there. Like, does the money actually get to the individuals that he wants to uh, he wants to donate to? And, and who's actually managing those funds? But is there a way that Canadians can donate where they know the money is going towards good? Absolutely. So uh, I, I work for Canadian Food Grains Bank, and we're part of an uh, an alliance called the Humanitarian Coalition of highly respected Canadian agencies who are working together to respond to emergencies like this one. And so right now we are raising funds. Uh, Canadians can go to uh, together.ca uh, if they'd be interested in making a donation. Uh, what uh, I think what's exciting here is that you get a chance to donate to a Canadian agency that has a strong, have Canadian agencies which have strong track records working in Pakistan and in other emergencies who are trusted, who are able, who have strong local partnerships in many cases to be able to, to make sure that your money is, is, is being used to uh, address humanitarian needs. And uh, until September the 28th, your donation is also matched by the Canadian government, uh, who has pledged to match the first $3 million of donations uh, made by Canadians. So 
uh, an opportunity to to work with uh, or donate and support a, a, a highly respected agency while at the same time uh, getting that match from the Canadian government. Tell me the, the website again, Stefan, where people can donate. That is together.ca. Together.ca. Thank you so much for the work that you're doing. Uh, from the bottom of my heart, I really, uh, I've been watching the story very carefully. Uh, and uh, it, 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 is un, it is unbelievable that we're not talking about it more because it is, like I said, the population of Canada. That, that's the number of people that are affected by this and continue to be. And, uh, and, and we need to bring more attention to what's happening um, on the ground in Pakistan. So I thank you for your time and for your efforts. Thank you very much for having me tonight. That was Stefan Epkop. He's the Humanitarian and Nexus Program Manager at Canadian Food Grains Bank. And you can go to that website and donate if you, if you uh, so wish to do so. And uh, uh, now it's, you know, it's important to talk about something that's been happening for the last uh, two, three weeks and hasn't been getting the kind of attention that it definitely deserves. I'm Rubina Ahmed-Hawk. This is On Point. We're going to take a quick break.